Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is! The Atlanta Braves are world champions! Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast, presented by Sports Drink. Here are your hosts, Pam Matthews and Alex Butler. Now you're all in big, big jump. Welcome to your friend, the Neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined, as always, by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how's it going today? What? Shaking bacon. Uh, our our bacon is no longer shaking, man. That's uh, uh, That was, that was a, a tough end to, to what was a really fun season. Yeah, yeah, we were we we sat down at the breakfast table expecting a big meal and we're given turkey bacon. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, of course we have to recap the games. That's kind of what we do and we'll we'll go ahead and address the elephant in the room, which is of course the Atlanta Braves dropping the NLDS 2 to the Phillies. Of all of all the freaking teams. I I had my concerns about it. You did. You did. And I didn't. And I, I should have listened. And and that's not to say like, I was right. But, I you know, I think. Frank was right. Cam was right. Oh, Jesus. Don't put me in that same sentence. <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think if anything, it showed that we were playing an opponent that knew us extremely well. We knew them extremely well. And so what it was going to come down to was just pure performance. And the Phillies had a good game plan in this series. I will give them all the credit in the world for that. And it worked well, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. And, and the weird thing is I remember getting on here last week and and talking about, about all the things that I thought would happen that would cause the Phillies to lose. Um, being you know, relying on the home run and, and not being able to, 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 to field their positions. Um, Those things happened. They, they kind of relied on the home run after game one and, and they didn't field particularly well, uh, shockingly bad in some cases. So, so they did those things that I thought they would do and they still won the series. (laughs) Well, you know, it it comes back to what we talked about were the brave strengths, right? Strong starting pitching, potent lineup, and a solid bullpen. And the bullpen was the really the only of those three shining example of this team over the course of those four games. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty ugly. So let's let's talk about the games. 
So coming to game one, we've got uh, we, we've got Max Freed on the hill against Ranger Suarez. Um, I, I I've heard a lot of people talking about it, and I I, I think. I think it's certainly possible that Max Fried was still feeling the effects of of being sick through his last start. Uh, I, I certainly hope that was the case because Fried had had a very non Fried like outing. Uh, Max only got through three and a third, allowed eight hits and and four earned runs, six runs total. Walked one and only got two strikeouts on 61 pitches. So a really, really rough day for Max Freed. And, and it was just too big of a hole for the Braves to climb out of. Ranger Suarez pitched great. He went the same three and a third that, that Freed did, but he only allowed three hits and one earned run. Um, Braves Braves were rallying towards the end. Uh, they they got a big home run from Matt Olson in the ninth inning uh, to bring it within one run. And, and if it weren't for an absolutely ridiculous Nick Castellanos diving catch in right field, uh, the Braves might have won game one and the series might have ended very differently. So a, a few things. Going back to, to Max, uh, not not a good start whatsoever and i think the moment where i realized something was off you know he got the first two outs fairly quick like in you know in in five or six pitches it felt like and then the runs that were scored the two runs that were scored in the very first inning were all with two outs and normally we've seen throughout the season that's where max really seems to thrive right Working under pressure, two outs, one or two runners on, he always finds a way to get out of it. But then on that day, every ball he threw seemingly with two outs was finding the barrel of a bat somewhere. Yeah, and, and I, I remember I was at this game with my dad, and I remember looking uh, in, in, I think, the third inning for Max, and and I, I was seeing him throw fastballs at 92, 93, 94 miles an hour. I don't think he topped. 94 uh for the majority of his outing um and with max freed in the past when there have been issues whatever they may have been that's that's the telltale sign is when his when he can't hit those 95s and it seemed like it was that kind of day for him yeah so it, it was certainly an off day um off day for Max, uh, you, you hate to see that from that guy. And then the offense, you know, barring the bottom of the ninth inning, was just absolutely stagnant, right? Well, I you mean, know. the team the team got some hits. Now, now, granted, they weren't timely, um, but they were only out hit twelve to nine in this game. Um, some names that that kind of uh that that popped up through each of these games were were Acuña, Olsen and Darnell. Um those three guys were basically the entire Braves offense for the postseason. Yeah, so you know, the Braves as a team left nine men on base that day. They left the bases loaded twice. Um collectively batters 1 through 9 left a total of 19 runners stranded. You know, you you go back to the bottom of the ninth and you say, well, if, if Cassianos doesn't make that catch. But I say, too, that, you know, one base hit, one base hit at some point throughout that game 
Yeah. Bray, Matt Olson is walking it off with that home run. Changes absolutely everything. You know, the the trouble is that you let Ranger Suarez off the hook. Um especially in the in the bottom of the first inning where you left the bases loaded, you know, it, you let the guy off the hook and we we've said it time and time again that as much as every pitch matters in the postseason, every base runner matters in the postseason too. You, if you get somebody on or if you get them to second, you've got to score them. And we just weren't able to do that whenever whenever we needed to. Yeah, and I mean it, it. the The Braves were were. It just didn't look like them. It really didn't. Um, you had a fielding error from Freed, who's normally fantastic fielding his position. Um, threw over the top of Matt Olson, which is hard to do because with his glove up, he's he's got to be over seven feet tall. Oh yeah. So Braves ultimately lose game one to the Phillies. Uh, Come back for game two at home. Kyle Wright on the mound up against Georgia native Zach Wheeler in the broadcast took every opportunity they had to remind us of that. Hey, Alex, did you know that Zach Wheeler's from Georgia? So I've heard, Cam. Uh, Kyle Wright uh, has turned into a, a dominant pitcher. As, as we've chronicled throughout the season. And, and that did not stop in the postseason. Kyle went six full innings, only allowing two hits, didn't allow a run, walked one and struck out six. An absolutely phenomenal effort from Kyle. And, and really the kind of game he needed to see out of Max in game one as well for this whole thing to work. Um, Wheeler yeah, was- so so you know, th- thinking about thinking about Kyle's performance here, you know, it, it's what we've gotten accustomed to seeing from him all season long, right? I mean, just you know, efficient, dominant. At, like I feel like the only the only negative, and it's an absolute nitpick that you could talk about Kyle's performance in this outing is just that he ran a little, he ran deep in counts kind of often, but even then, he walked. Did he have any walks? Uh, he had one walk. One walk, yeah. I mean, you know, he he sure. So sure, he ran into some deep counts, which uh, you know effectively raised his pitch count. But he still only walked one guy. Uh, I mean, you're talking about just a a guy who is just really who has really found himself this I year. I mean, Kyle Kyle and the bullpen combined for a three hitter in this game. Yeah, uh, absolutely stifled that Phillies offense. Um, and, and while it was a game that the Braves won, you know, we had one fun inning in the sixth, but aside from the sixth inning, our offense was pretty dead too. Uh, you had Matt Olson single to right, uh, scoring Ronald. You had, uh, Riley, uh, scoring Swanson and reaching on an infield single, which I believe was his only hit of the series. Uh, and then you had Travis Darno singling to center, scoring Olsen. So Braves win the game three to nothing. All three of those runs coming in the sixth inning. And, and all three of those runs coming with two outs as well. Um, and, you know, it, it all stems from Ronnie taking a pitch off the inside elbow. Um, and that seemed to rattle Wheeler and then a walk and base hit, base hit, base hit, three runs. And 
it was refreshing to see for one thing, because it's something that the Braves did extremely well this year is two out production. Right. And knowing how, knowing how good our bullpen is, especially in the postseason, you couldn't help but feel like the moment that we got those three runs across that this game was over. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, as soon as those three runs crossed the plate, I thought, ah, we've got this one. Yeah, and the 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 Braves tie up the series at one, uh, heading to Philadelphia for Game Three after the travel day. We get through the travel day not knowing who's going to pitch Game Three for the Braves, and on the morning of this past Friday, we find out that Spencer Strider is going to get the start for the Braves. We had heard rumblings about this. He made the roster. Um, so we, uh, we didn't know how much we were going to be able to get out of him because he had only thrown off a mound twice in the last month. Um, and in retrospect, probably not the best call to put Strider out there and probably not the best call to lead him out there as long as we did. He only eats up seven outs, allowing three hits and five earned runs. He walked through, he walked two and struck out four uh, and, and just at no point did, uh, I, I mean, he, he had a good first inning. Uh, I think he sat him down one, two, three in the first, but everything from the second inning on was just, was just ugly from Strider. Um, and again, another case of, uh, uh, of you can just watch his fastball speed and, and see what's going on. He wasn't, he wasn't really getting over 97, 98, which is very strange for Spencer. Well, and not to mention what didn't help either there in the third inning was that two-base error. Uh, the, the pickoff throw over to first, that, that was just bad um, and allowed the runner to go first to third. That was the beginning of the unraveling. Right. Yeah. And also, and also too, uh, who, who was it? Was it Kyle Schwarber that we walked, that we intentionally walked to put him at first and second? Uh, yes, we intentionally walked Kyle Schwarber to get to Reese Hoskins. You're you're just you're you're asking for trouble at that point. Um, if you have to intentionally walk somebody in the third inning of a postseason game, and you're and you're, not you're just, in a bad way. Not just anybody, um, but Kyle Schwarber, who to that point did not have a hit in the series, right? Um, so you walk him. You get to Hoskins, and this is the point at which I, I feel like the series ended. Uh, That's fair. That, that That is a completely fair assessment. Reese Hoskins hits an absolute nuke to left field, uh, scoring Stott and Schwarber. Uh, he, he spikes his bat instead of flipping it. Um, if it wasn't a Philly, it would have been a really cool moment, but uh, that one hurt, and, and you could just feel... Uh, that crowd in Philly was going to carry that team to a win. I, I, I tell you what it what it felt like was the opening uh, the opening series in 2019 in Philadelphia, where oh yeah, you have an extremely hot crowd and it's like nothing you can do matters because it is immediately going to get wiped away by the momentum within that stadium. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not one to pick apart managerial decisions. 
Um, I think at the end of the day, it, it you had two choices here, essentially, right? You had a choice of going with Spencer Strider in game three or Charlie Morton in game three. And I was, uh, and, and just to, to, to put myself out there a little bit, I was 1000% uh, of the opinion that we should start Spencer Strider in game three. Uh, that I, was, I, and, and I, I, I would agree with that. I was fully behind that. I think you wanted to save Charlie uh, for game four, just in case you were facing elimination because of his, his record in elimination games. Um, so, so we get to game four, uh, down two to one, facing elimination. Charlie Morton is on the hill uh, for the Braves. Noah Syndergaard actually gets the start for the Phillies. Uh, a bit of a surprise there. But uh, Charlie, Charlie didn't have it. Uh, went two innings allowed, four hits, three earned runs, walked one and struck out three. Meanwhile, Noah Syndergaard, who is acting as basically an opener for this game, uh, covered a, a full inning more than, than Charlie, allowing only one hit, one earned run, and striking out three. So uh, really unfortunate that we have our $20 million pitcher on the mound and the Phillies are throwing a bullpen game and we we just can't get anything out of it. Uh, yeah, so... When you said that in game three, the moment that Reese Hoskins hit that home run, you knew the series was over. Yep. The reason I I agree with that, love Charlie to death. And if game four had been in any other ballpark, I might have felt a little bit better. But Charlie has just has not been great against Philadelphia this year. Yeah, and and in knowing that, I I don't know. I think I think I try. I truly think what what it comes down to is that the team backed themselves into a corner immediately when you lost game one. Yeah, couldn't lose game one. You you can't lose game one because if you lose game if if you win game one and you're able to win game two, yeah, sure, maybe Philly ties it up in Philly, but at least you still force a game five and you give Max Freed another chance. Right. But losing game one was just, and we, did, we, we probably didn't think about it in the moment, but once you got to game three, game one loomed so large that we should have realized it then that moving forward, we were not cut for this series. No, and, and and honestly, even though I said that 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 Reese Hoskins homer was the was the moment, uh, honestly, the moment was probably when when I tuned into the broadcast and I heard that Philly crowd. Yeah, because at, it's it sounded like us last year, guys. It really did. They were just they were just a hotter crowd than than we were this year, um, and. I, I mean, can you blame them? They haven't they haven't been to the postseason forever, so yeah, I guess let them have this one. But uh, again, fuck them. Any fuck them. Any other team? <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I, I, I wanted know. to uh, to to piggyback on a point you made a second ago um, with Charlie Morton and Citizens Bank Park. It wasn't just Charlie though. Citizens Bank Park. 
kind of had its moment with our outfielders. Oh, do we have to talk about this? We do, yeah. It's so stupid. It's so incredibly stupid. But it's the the, the, the one the, one of the okay one of the three guys in your lineup that Can was I, pre- let, that was let, let, me, let me intro this. Cam's getting upset. <laughs> so for for those of you who who may not have noticed, uh, Citizens Bank Park's outfield has has some odd lines. Uh, especially in in left center field where uh, the wall juts back uh, kind of away from the pitcher's mound and and has a a really odd angle there and and sure enough in in the third inning of game four here JT Real Muto uh, hit a hit a monster shot that found that very wall um and, and didn't bounce straight back towards the fielder like most parks would uh bounced straight away from him um so michael harris uh took a very odd line to get to the ball um i i i think when the ball was in the air michael thought that he was going to be able to make a leaping grab for it um you know having watched the play back that was never something that was going to be in play so really Michael Harris should have been playing the bounce and not trying to go for the hero move there. Um, but the the reason I bring this up and the reason it's a, a talking point for Braves fans this week is that that Ronald Acuna, um, while it was misplayed by Michael Harris, it was also misplayed by Ronald Acuna. Uh, in In the way it played out, Ideally, Ronald would have been running over towards center field, backing that up and, and, you know, not allowing Harris to be the first one to reach that ball. Um, But he didn't. And uh, and and boy, did people have something to say about it. And And they're all wrong. Cam, this is where I'll hand off to you. One of the three guys that produced this entire series. You're gonna throw under the bus. Not, 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 not Dansby, who is in a contract season and suddenly disappeared. Not Riley, who was just given the keys of the kingdom, the largest contract in Braves history, and suddenly disappeared. Not, you know, not not whatever left fielder or designated hitter you decided to stick up there. Not Michael Harris, who maybe had one base hit the entire series. No. No, and let's, misplayed let's, that ball, I might add. And, and misplayed that ball. Love the kid to death. But let's not mistake that he misplayed it as well. I I just, I, I am just, I was astounded by how many people so just vehemently, quickly turned on a generational talent on our team. And, and, and not just, not just like, random Braves fans online like Joe Simpson and Kelly Kroll were 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 going in on him a little bit as well. Absolute pudding for brains. <laughs> you miss me with that man. That that's just it it's BS is Look, what it is. I, I'm I'm gonna play both sides of the fence a little bit here. It is okay. I think it is perfectly okay to criticize Ronald for that play. 
Um, yes. Yeah. I, I no, that you, is absolutely fine. It was. Yep, it was you, a misplayed ball. You look back ball. at it, and in a perfect world, you've got your right fielder backing up that play, and 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 what? What you hold Real Muto to a triple? Okay. Um, but you you can't you can't criticize Ronald and leave everybody else out because by no stretch of the imagination was Ronald Acuna Jr. The reason the Atlanta Braves lost the series. Um, In fact, Ronald Acuna Jr. Was putting in work to be the reason the Braves won the series when a lot of other guys weren't. Who the fuck is steak Shapiro? Atlanta radio personality. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all have to listen to him. Oh God! What, because this, because this is... abs, this absolute mouth breathing goober proceeds to tweet out Saturday afternoon: If the Braves don't come back, and if Ronald does not do something special the next six innings, his complete laziness and discipline on that inside the park home run will be a lingering memory of the postseason. No, the fuck it won't. <laughs> the lingering memory to this postseason will be the fact that our starting pitching and offense both shit to bed, barring Kyle Wright, Matt Olson, Ronald Acuna, and Travis Darno. It's that simple. It really is. You fucking dweeb. <laughs> God. Oh, Lordy. These people get paid to talk sports. They really do. I, I don't understand it. Like, we're right here, guys. Come get us. Well, <laughs> I, I can't say the things I just said on public radio. So This is true. This is true. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's enough talking about this Braves and Philly series um, for, forever. Um, I'd rather never talk about it again. We we uh, just I, I I'll say just one final thing I you know and, and it's I don't think it's an excuse because I think it's a valid reason because we've seen it in previous seasons with teams in a similar situation. Don't to us. Don't, don't say the days off. Don't give me the days off. No, oh, no, 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 no. We we look tired. We yeah, we no we, we really we, did. We look tired, and by no means are we the first one hundred win team to get knocked out in the divisional series. Look at the Giants last season. I, you know, I, I think I will never, ever, 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 ever say that winning is a bad thing because it's not. You play to win. But I think there is something to be said about the chase that the team had to go through this season. You know the the maybe the lack of days off for some guys. I, yeah. I think no, 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 I think I, it I, all it all rounds out to the fact that you just had a ridiculous 162 game stretch, right? And and while like yes, we won the East this year, but last year we won the East like two weeks earlier. Yeah, and for yeah, the last we, we, we won the East on game 161. <laughs> Yeah, so so that gives you like two solid weeks going into the the postseason to, you know, 
call up minor leaguers to to fill in starts to to rest your guys do all these things that that this year's team never never had an opportunity to do because they were chasing the Mets right up until the end right yeah I it, no it, it is not days off it is not the playoff format because that's the that's the thing that'll set me off is is uh, there I see a ton of people out there saying oh the the fact that the division winners get you know an extra three or four days off uh, before the the DS starts is crap. It's it's garbage. Every team can benefit from having three or four days off. And you know, if you're upset that the Braves, you know, got the days off, then you better be upset that the Dodgers got the days off and got eliminated as well, because it's the same exact scenario. Yeah. Well, uh, since you brought it up, let's move on to that one because it was uh, it was a fun one. And uh, I'd rather talk about fun baseball than whatever the Braves were playing. Um, so, yeah. So, we, so he had the Padres and Dodgers. Uh, game one uh, was uh, it, it kind of looked like all Dodgers from the jump. The Padres made it interesting, but Dodgers ended up pulling out the game five to three, took a one nothing lead in the series. Game two rolls around and the Dodgers are out to an early lead. But then. But then the rally goose shows up. All hail the rally goose. Hail the goose. The goose is yeah. loose. Hail the goose. Um, a, a freaking black goose hosts up in the middle of center field um, and they can't catch this thing for a while. Uh, and it was uh, one of those really funny baseball moments. And then the Padres ended up winning. So now... Uh, there are freaking murals of this goose going up around the city of San Diego. The, those those crazy San Diegoans. <laughs> San Padres. Diegans? San Diegans? 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 I, I would go Diegans. Diegans? Okay. That's, that's my bet. I need, I need Sam to clarify this for me. Um, once he sobers up from the series ending. And um, finishes his, finishes his cheesesteak. And finishes his cheesesteak. <laughs> um so so Padres win game two five to three game three back in San Diego uh a scene similar to what we saw in uh in in Seattle where, where it was the first postseason game they've had at uh Petco Park with fans since I, I think it was 98 so yeah I think so good long time another insanely hot crowd uh, and a really, really good game. Uh, back and forth the whole way, not a lot of scoring. Excellent pitching from both sides. Padres squeak out a 2-1 to win and lead the, the Dodgers two games to one with a chance to clinch at home in game four. So Padres come in game four and had Joe Musgrove on the mound. Uh, and... and it, it it just went well for them. They were they were playing ahead the whole time. They got out to an early lead and never really gave it up. Uh, the Dodgers tacked on a couple of runs but couldn't get a lot done again against them. Padres end up winning five to three and take the series from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Down go the Dodgers. So that you know that that game had a bit of a later start. Um, 
Saturday night. And actually, I, I was busy watching your North Carolina Tar Heels take down the Duke Blue Devils in the Victory Bell game Saturday. Woo! Uh, uh, and so I, I did not stay up to watch uh, that game because by that point, it was midnight and I was tired. But I did roll over around 2 o'clock and, saw, and checked my phone and saw that the Padres have won. And I quietly said, neat, and went back to sleep. Yes, it was uh, it was difficult to watch those those West Coast games, um, but it was worth it for for what I could see. Anyway, so it's Dodger, it's a, sorry, it's Padres Phillies in the National League Championship Series, just like everybody predicted. Cam and 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 if and if it wasn't your team that gotten elim- had gotten eliminated by one of these teams, you would absolutely love the fact that love- the post that the postseason has brought this much quote unquote chaos. If this were it's the not if, format, shut up. <laughs> so I, I remember some jackass coming on this show last week and saying, Cam, is there any way that we don't see the same final four as we saw last year? And here we are one week later, uh, wondering if any, or actually, sorry, wondering if more than one of last year's final four will make it to this year's final four. Uh, so, well, we will not find out tonight. <laughs> we will not find out tonight. Game five, God. Um, game five of the ALDS between the Yankees and guardians was supposed to have started uh, on Monday night at 7 PM. Uh, we are recording this at 9 45 PM on Monday night. And they just announced that game five will be played on Tuesday. At what was it? Four thirty, Cam. Yeah, those uh, those people have been sitting in that stadium for three hours to just now find out that the game's getting postponed. Wow, there y'all, y'all, y'all gotta do it. Y'all gotta do a little better than that. Yeah, that's that's rough. Uh, but anyway, we'll I tell you see. what, y'all, you better have some discounted concessions tomorrow or something. Oh yeah, because because you know be for a, a fact get giveaway. Oh, because you know for a fact that these people have been uh, <laughs> buying up and partaking. You better give time. 27 replica rings to every fan that walks in. You better do something. Uh, so, so we'll find a resolution uh, to that series tomorrow. But the Guardians have been, as we predicted, the Guardians have been playing the Yankees very, very tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, Unfortunately, our America's Mariners uh, did not play the Astros nearly as tough. Um, but hey, they did. They they did make it a four game series. They, they did they make played. it a four game series, despite the fact that the Astros won the series three games to zero. Um, <laughs> so games game one. Um, so your Seattle, and you chose to pitch to Jordan Alvarez. So the Astros won eight to seven. I oh think that's, boy! That's all you need to say about the game. If you so, don't pitch to Jordan, you win that game. Yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't able to watch that game, um, but I, I remember I checked my phone. It was the top. It, it was the bottom of the ninth, and I thought, "All right, Seattle, come on now, don't don't dilly dally around here." 
And then five minutes later, I get the notification about Alvarez going deep, and I just thought, oh, no. Yep. Oh, no. There goes your chance. So, uh, game two was uh, another close one, but the Astros managed to win it four to two. Because the Mariners, four- the Mariners led the entire way in game one. I mean, the entire way. What happened in game two? Did they pitch to Jordan again? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, they did pitch to Jordan, and he did hit a two-run homer. Uh, that was the difference in the game. Shocking. Uh, don't pitch to Jordan Alvarez. Unless you're the Braves, because apparently we know the secret. Yeah, I, I don't know how we, we... Did he go two for 20 in the World Series? Something like that? Something like that, yeah, and it was nothing of consequence. Um, so game three was the, the, the real story of this series. Uh, it was, it was one of the wildest things I've ever seen in a postseason game. Um, this game went to the 18th inning scoreless. Gonna let that breathe for a second. The 18th inning scoreless. They played two full baseball games before anyone scored. <laughs> and Some, game, somebody somebody got divorced over that game. I just know I'm, it. I'm positive of it. It was You said you were only going to be gone for 4 hours. <laughs> uh Jeremy Peña walks off with a a, a 415 foot blast to center field in the 8th or sorry, he didn't walk off. Uh but he hit a a, a 415 foot homer to center in the top of the 18th to give the Astros a one to nothing lead. And after 18 innings, one run should be more than enough to win the game. And it was Astros win one to nothing in 18 innings and take the series three games to nothing. So Jeff Francoeur was on the commentary team for this series. And he made the comment that, uh, you know, in a game like this, a blast might be the difference uh, you know, in a in a scoreless game like this, I'm pretty sure he said that in like the twelfth inning. Yeah, and because um, <laughs> it's not like it, it's not like people weren't getting hits. I mean, there there were 18 hits in this game. There just weren't enough of it, enough of them to to go around to be scoring runs. So to his point, yeah, someone needed to hit a home run. I, I tell you, the Astros probably could have won it in the 16th if not for an incredible play by Julio Rodriguez yeah and um the uh, jump he had on that ball Luis Garcia um came in and pitched five innings in relief uh a starter for the uh for the Astros uh pitched the final five innings for him incredible work by him really uh unbelievable Lance McCullers started the game gave him six innings of two hit ball so he was really good as well um Obviously, the the pitching staffs for both teams were incredible in this game. Um, but yeah, just one of those wild things that that baseball likes to give us sometimes. Oh yeah, Seattle will be back though. I'm I'm certain of it. So we are down to Phillies, Padres, Astros, and then Yankees or Guardians. Cam, do you have a do you have a gauge on uh, on what you expect to happen? with uh with the Yankees and Guardians series tomorrow. Ooh, I don't know. Um Cleveland's pitching is really good. 
they, you know, they've been able to, for the majority, really quiet, you know, quiet down the bats of the Yankees while also getting some really clutch hits. That being said, bad pitches, the Yankees will make you pay for, and they've done that this series. So <sighs> game five, Yankee Stadium, rabid fan base, especially after tonight. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a, I think it might be the end of the line for Cleveland, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised either way at this point. You know, that might sound like a cop out answer, but I think what it comes down to, it's going to come down to Cleveland's pitching. If, you know, if Cleveland can, can limit damage in Yankee stadium, they, they can, they can, put some runs on the board and save themselves. I will say this. If you're able to get to a TV for this game, do it. Because uh, I saw today where the person that will be calling balls and strikes behind home plate has the second most hitter-friendly strike zone of all home plate umpires in baseball. So uh, there are going to be some balls flying out of the yard in Yankee Stadium, I predict. Oh, hell yeah, brother. All right. Well, uh, before we go, you know, I have to remind you that today's episode of Chatting Average is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink's a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're helping us grow and they're hating your favorite team. So go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram or Twitter and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. That's spelled like sports drink, just without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out until we end the season. Cam. Yes. Don't let the funk out. But I thought this was our last episode of the season. It's not. Are you sure? Positive. I mean, how much more could we have to talk about? I don't know, but we'll find out next week. Right here on Chatting Average. So for Cam Matthews. My name's Alex. We'll see y'all next week for another brand new episode. You might have to find another host. Bye! This has been the Chatting Average Podcast, brought to you by Sports Drink. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash Chatting Average Podcast. And please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash Chatting Average. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode. <laughs>